And we are live. Welcome into another episode of From College to Combine. You're going to see my screen go all over the place because I forgot to put my AirPods in beforehand. So if the audio quality is dipping to start, that will be rectified shortly. But again, welcome into everybody. Normally, normally you're going to hear two voices. Normally you'd hear another name snickering away, Riley Millette, as always being very upset that I'm being a goofball. However, you're going to notice if you're watching on YouTube, that's just me this week, just your host, Michael Ciccoli, here, ready to dive into the second week of training camp. Feels like we've been going at it for a while now, but we are now entering that second week, and we still, just as, you know, the same as last week, we have more news than ever to talk about. Deshaun Watson updates today, Van Jefferson injury and the impact of that. Cam, Cam Akers might not be locked into that workload we expected, as well as some Contract updates around the league. Very excited to get into that. But as well as, I, I'd be remiss in not saying, the main chunk of the show. We got a mock draft coming later with some amazing people that I've met through the industry one way or another. Uh, some great, great fans I know, as well as people that are going to be providing some real-life interactions with our mock draft. We're going to get to that shortly. Before we do, I want to give a shout-out to For Frequency's Sake. If you're watching live, that's how you're watching it. You're watching through them. Eventually, it'll be on IDP, guys. But... That's another name I want to mention, too. Give a follow to, for frequency's sake, at FFSQC on Twitter, YouTube. Of course, check out IDP, guys, as well. It's where I put out a lot of my product myself, my newsletter that comes out every single Wednesday. Um, articles comes out there. Rankings. We got amazing stuff coming up this season. Definitely check out IDP, guys, on Twitter, YouTube, everything. Those small interactions, small follow button, small subscription, it means the world to us. Now, let's get into the news of the week. I'm excited to do this where I don't have to butt heads with Riley. You know, not even with Brandon. Who, Brandon Hay, shout out Brandon Hay. We had it on the show a couple weeks ago. Don't have to do any of that. I get to give my unadulterated opinions, and I can start with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, we know over the week, or uh, actually it was on Monday, I believe, received the six-game suspension notice. That was not confirmed, as Dicey Santa loved to point out and correctly pointed out all over Twitter, that was not locked in. That is a suggestion from Sue Robinson that the NFLPA was all ready to accept, and now the NFL is not. I'm surprised to hear it. I'm happy to hear it. But the NFL is going to appeal that six-game suspension that Deshaun Watson was handed down. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that now Goodell has the ability to either hear this himself or defer it to a federal judge. I believe it'll probably go the latter route of going that federal judge. I don't know when this will wrap up. I think this will wrap up before the season, based on what I hear. Check out Drew Davenport on Twitter if you don't already for some amazing legal analysis on this. He could say it as a lawyer himself far better than I could. But the long and short of it is that this saga is not over. The NFL is taking the fight, trying to get the year-long suspension trying to get money taken away from Sean Watson, who wasn't going to have any of that, despite the 25-plus accusations he received. So for a time being, you have to predict the Browns as you should have been doing from the start without Deshaun Watson. At least six weeks, I think it will get more. If the NFL is pushing, it's because they think they can. They're not doing this to look bad. It's not just for PR. They think they can get more. And Goodell has more power than he thinks in this situation, So, especially after he commits to going down this route. So the minimum, you have six weeks without them. Now, I mentioned this on Twitter space, so thank you to anyone who checked that out. I, I mentioned that a couple days ago, I think on Sunday. Amari Cooper, every Brown, is a very difficult person to roster 
without Deshaun Watson. Regardless of what you think about Deshaun Watson, he's a very talented quarterback, and Jacoby Brissett's not. Baker Mayfield is a huge upgrade from Jacoby Brissett, and likewise, vice versa. That means that Brissett's a huge downgrade. Amari Cooper is not going to provide good fantasy back for six weeks. He will be nothing but a roster clogger. You will not know when to play him. If anything, all you're going to be able to do is sit him. So I consider him in that DeAndre Hawkins tier, where you're essentially getting six-plus weeks without him. And, yes, it should be much better when he comes back. But there's still variables involved. And do you want to draft a six-week clogger? I personally don't. So I probably will not have Amari Cooper, David Njoku, the Browns pass catchers, anywhere near my roster. Even Nick Chubb is someone I'm scared of. Just because he's a, he's a great talent, I'm not worried about him. But this offense is going to look worse than it already did. And it did not look good to be him. He's a guy with limited upside in terms of he is RB8 ceiling, 100%. If I'm taking anyone, I might still be taking a chance at Kareem Vaughn. But again, with all these guys, there's a six-week barrier until we get what they what we want them to be. There's no world that they can be exceptional without Deshaun Watson. Jacoby Brissett will not be that guy. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo could still move here, but that's way to, way, uh, to be seen. So let's... Let's move on from Deshaun Watson. It's enough I want to talk about that because I'm sure we'll be talking about it all August. Tim Patrick tore his ACL the other day. It was terrible. Listen, somebody like Tim Patrick, a guy who's clawed his way to a roster spot and has earned that roster spot, earned his playing time, has stepped up every single time he's been on the field. It sucks to see this. Now, I have to talk about the fancy angle of it. We have to. It's the reality of what you're watching this for. I'd be remiss if I didn't. I don't know if the Broncos wide receiver three ever mattered. And I do consider him the three. I do consider Judy firmly ahead of him. I consider Sutton firmly ahead of him. I think a lot of people are overreacting, trying to get K.J. Hamler to be this next best thing. See, he was a good prospect coming out, but suffered ACL, LCL damage, then the lots of injuries that I really don't want to see in the speedster type of guy, that a guy that is really just relying on his athleticism a lot. He's a good route runner, make no mistake there, but... Still, have not really seen enough for me to be excited for him to be as, as the number three option. At best, you still have Melvin Gordon, you still have Albert O, you still have Javante, who caught 45 balls last year. So I think everyone's a little bit overreacting. Tim Patrick was a good wide receiver. That's why he was able to be productive. I'm not ready to extend that courtesy to KJ. Marquise Brown. Not sure why the font. If you're watching on, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, you're going to see that font get much smaller. And I maybe it's because Marquise is much smaller than. Tim Patrick, but what I can tell you for sure, what I can tell you right now, is that he's not going to get suspended for this. Marcus Brown was arrested on criminal speeding. He went around, I believe it was 124 miles per hour in a 55 or 60 mile per hour zone. That's 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 a that's a fast that's a fast metric for someone even as fast as Hollywood Brown to hit. It's not something I want to make light of. We saw how bad things like, you know, these bad speeding cases could turn out. We've seen that plenty of times in the world. So I don't want to make light of it. That said, I don't think the NFL is going to be making any moves about this. I think maybe he could get suspended in terms of not suspended. He could get docked pay. The Cardinals could take some action of team discipline. I don't think this is going to lead to a suspension or anything serious. Now, I'm wearing a Steelers jersey. You know that. If you're followed the show from, from, uh, from college to combine, you'll know that I'm a Steelers fan. Because I've ripped apart the Steelers all offseason. I've done it all year. Now we have a disgusting QB competition between obviously Mr. Bristy, obviously, you know, some people think Kenny Pickett, but Kenny Pickett is not the guy that is in the race. It's Mason Rudolph competing with Mr. Bristy. And that 
while Mason Rudolph has apparently played okay at camp, fairly well, that is an indictment on Mitch Trubisky more than is anything else. Mitch has struggled this past week of camp. He has not looked great, which is about what you would expect from Mitch Trubisky, a guy that was never locked to be anything long-term. Kenny Pick is still working with the threes. He's still struggling. Everyone who followed the show knows my thoughts, or me in general. I voiced my concerns about Kenny Pickett tenfold long before the Steelers took him because I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. And you have Mason Rudolph, who we kind of know what he is already. It's a disgusting situation. Ben was really bad last year, and I'm not – I'm starting to think things might not get a lot better. That said, I still fully expect Mitch Trubisky to be the week one starter and to play the majority of the year. There is a real world we see three quarterbacks suit up for the Steelers this year, and they're all on the roster right now. Can't say that very often. David Montgomery in Chicago. Very weird headline. I'm not going to spend too much time on because I'm not going to try to read into it too much. David Montgomery was getting some special teams work, and he was talking to the media about it. He was open. He was accepting about it. It's weird. It's weird to see your bell cow running back getting special teams work. And some people are taking that as an interpretation that Khalil Herbert, backup, rookie last season entering his second year, who played fairly well in the stint while David Montgomery missed some time. Khalil Herbert could be playing into a bigger role here. I'm not ready to jump to that conclusion. I think Dave Montgomery is still a much better running back than Khalil Herbert. It's still a day three guy right there. I think Dave Montgomery is a good player. That said, it's weird to see him on special teams. It's a new head coach. It's a new system. Maybe it's a Joe Judge discipline thing or not discipline, but earn your reps type of thing. Maybe it's maybe it's that with Matt Everflus, new head coach again in Chicago. But it's something to monitor as we get into the offseason, especially if we see a split when if Dave Montgomery plays in the preseason. And we see Clue Hover mixing in there, it might be time to adjust our expectations compared to past years of Dave Montgomery. Elijah Moore, you if anyone again followed me, you know I can't leave this one out. Elijah Moore is dominating as always, expected to be solidified as the wide receiver one for the Jets. That should be expected. No, Garrett Wilson was never going to walk in and be that guy with a talent like Elijah Moore, still be still there, as well as Corey Davis. Corey Davis is a good player, but he's not, he's not a one. We know what he is. He's a solid two. I really do believe he's a solid two. He's not a three. But his role is going to be as a good run blocker, a good outside big body receiver, something that Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore can't do. Elijah Moore is the best player on this team and the guy I'm going to try to be drafting in every single league as a wide receiver two. I don't care. He's going to put up those numbers. You're going to get him at a wide receiver three price because Zach Wilson is still struggling in camp. We can get to that another week because I'm sure we're going to get to that. I want to talk to Riley about that as well. Debo and DK contracts. We're definitely a little bit later to this just because it happened right after our show concluded last week. Last week, me and Riley made our predictions for this. We both thought this deal, the, both these deals would get done. Both deals did get done. DK signing a $70-plus million contract. Debo signing a $70-plus million contract. The only reason I'm really bringing this up now after the fact is something that you guys might have missed. Debo Samuel got incentives for rushing in there. The whole headline this offseason was that Debo does not want to run the ball, right? He wants to be a wide receiver, wants to avoid those hits on his body. He has incentives in there for rushing. For If he gets three rushing touchdowns in a year, he gets an extra couple hundred thousand. It's, it's noticeable amount of money in terms of maybe not in the grand scheme of the contract. It adds up to about $2 million on a $70-plus million deal. Those incentives are in there. So at the very least, what the team wants him to do, Debo's come out and said he'll do whatever the team wants him. We'll see what that actually means. I'm not ready to dismiss Debo's rushing potential. DK will be a Seahawks for years longer. 
Hopefully he gets a quarterback next year. One last headline I want to bring up out of Los Angeles, the Rams. Sean McVay is touting up multiple running backs, not just Cam Akers. He's obviously coming off that Achilles injury. He you know, came back to the Super Bowl and did not look great. Now he's splitting. He's, he's looked good himself. Sean McVay is still touting him. He's also touting Daryl Henderson. The, not a bad back in himself. He's a good auxiliary piece and a guy that the Rams might utilize in both sense. They're both splitting first-team work. We're still early in the offseason. We're not even a week into August. I'm not going to overreact to this. I still think Cam Akers will be the top guy because that is how traditionally Sean McVay has run this. He's running with one guy. That said, the, the leash is short. The leash is really short with Cam Akers. If he is not looking himself, Daryl Henderson will get work. He's not a bad player. He's just had some injury concerns of his own. So Cam Akers is a very volatile RB2, very high upside. I do believe there's top five upside for Cam Akers. He could totally push Daryl Henderson out of the equation for one of the best offenses in football as a bell cow running back. That's that's really not being built into his RB16, 17, ADP, but it's something to at least consider depending on your roster. He's a very you know risk-reward guy. The reward is high. The risk, it's a little bit lower. But that is our news segment. That's what I wanted to grab. I want to head into the meat of the show. The meat of the show, as I always call it. I keep saying meat of the show. It is a mock draft this week. All right? We're into August. That's what we're doing in August. We're drafting. Before I get into that, I want to talk about the Fancy Expo. Fancy Football Expo is next week. I'll be there. A bunch of IDP guys. I believe seven of us. I have to, eight, including me, will be there. There is... An unbelievable experience waiting for you in Canton, Ohio. Go to the Hall of Fame. Enjoy the Sunday Expo. Again, it's going to be a total blast. If any of the guys and anybody in the industry is watching this, I am excited to meet you if you're going to be there. If any of your fans are, I'm even more excited too because I can't wait to share these ideas. So definitely check that out next week if you're at all in the area. If not, you know, grab, grab a car. Give me a car ride. That is not, that, that, we got the time in the summer. Some of us at least. But that's, that, that's what I want to mention before we get into El Mock Draft. The Mock Draft. A little offense, basic. I have a couple people able to jump in. Thank you to you guys. This is not the screen I want to pull up. Let's go with let's go with that. Let's go with that. We don't need – who needs to see me, right? So we got a nice, basic Mock Draft this week. I, lo- I, I like IDP. I love IDP. But we do a lot of IDP. We're going base. One quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, just one flex, kicker, defense, six bench spots. Easy, simple. Shout out to my guy, Slick Venom, who I've talked to a lot on Discord. I love that guy. Really great conversations I've had. I know number four in number four slot there. That's Pete. That's a good friend of mine. Accident, of course, Harding. Amazing follow on Twitter. Check him out, as well as Sean there at the end. But let's get into this. I'm going to start this off. We're going to obviously have some CPU, but that is the life of mock drafts let's kick this off right now 101 will be austin eckler that's that's surprising but uh 80 you know they do as they want slick venom on the clock here we have two running backs going off immediately jonathan taylor and that leaves chris mccaffrey here that that does leave chris mccaffrey sitting on the three spot very very tempting you gotta imagine that's the thing but i'm gonna i'm gonna take a second and talk about another strategy right a lot of people Wide receiver is a very valuable thing. 
injuries happen, and they happen to running backs more than ever. So I think in, I, I'm fine with Christian McCaffrey here. That would be my pick. But if Christian McCaffrey and JT went off the board at the top two spots, which is what I would expect, I start looking at receiver more than I look at the Derrick Henry, the Dalvin Cook. I love Dalvin Cook. I love him. But the injury risk is real. And Justin Jefferson will be a star. You get 17 games a locked-in wide receiver one production of Justin Jefferson. Of course he could get hurt, but it's a lower likelihood. And that's what we're playing at the end of the day. We're playing the game of chance. Got, uh, there, there we go. We got the CPU taking Christian McCaffrey at the three. Uh, my good guy Pete up there going to take Justin Jefferson, as I, as I just mentioned, taking the wide receiver. I love that pick. Team five taking Derrick Henry makes a lot of sense. But, again, I would I take someone like that? Would I take Derrick Henry, a guy who's 28, good player, great player, but he's coming off an injury, was unbelievably successful through eight games. But he has his question marks. I would personally be looking at these receivers. I'd be looking at Cooper Cup. I'd be looking at Jamar Chase. And that's what I'm looking at right now. I'm not going to take Dalvin Cook as much as I like him. I'm going to take one of those, one of those wide receivers. Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, you really can't go wrong. Full PPR, I'm going to take Cooper Cup. I think the volume is a little bit more assured in terms of – there's no reason for me to justify this. Both will be great. I'll take Cooper Cup. Attached to an even better offense somehow. Joe Mixon off the board at the 1-7. Delvin Cook, 1-8. Jamar Chase, 1-9. Good value there. Najee, Ch- and Naj- Najee Harris at the 110, And good guy, Axton Harden. On the clock at the 111. Something I want to point out for these guys on the turn, you do have another pick coming around. So you got to play the game here. Where Where is the tier? To me, if I was on the clock here, DeAndre Swift is the end of a tier. Here. You miss out on a decent amount of running backs. Although I, I like the next guys, it's still a tier down. Now, Devontae Adams, great pick. Love that as well, Axton. But I, I, I'm i looking at it. I like CeeDee Lamb. I like Stephon Diggs. I feel like I would have got one of them on the turn. That's just the way I think about it. But, again, I don't think there's any wrong reasoning when you're in the first round with these type of guys. Sean takes Saquon at the 112. DeAndre Swift at the 2-1. I love that. I, I, I Like I've talked about, taking wide receiver early, avoiding the injury risk. But Saquon Barkley is going to be so good this year. He's going to be such a great bounce back. Taking him right now is the what? RB3. RB3, 4, 5, 6, 7. RB8. It's probably close to a ceiling. But RB1 is close to it. It is in the realm of outcomes too. So I really like that. I love Swift for his receiving upside. I think it's a super strong way to cap off a tier. And now Axon did something I love. He didn't reach despite me saying I, I thought Swift was the end of a tier. Didn't reach. Doubled up at wide receiver. Love that duo. Travis Kelsey goes after. C.D. Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Mark Andrews. Shame to see both tight ends off the board there. But that that kind of means it for me. I don't have to ponder about that. I would consider Mark Andrews here. But Team 7 makes that decision for me. So I'm sitting here at the 2-7. I, for the reasons I mentioned earlier in the show, I can't bring myself to take Nick Chubb. I am worried about that. That is something I'm just not willing to pay up for. I still like him, but I'm not willing to pay the price. Now, there's a lot of names I like here. I'm going to probably stick with my guns. There's a lot of running backs I still like here as well. So I'm going to take another wide receiver. I'm going to take Debo Samuel, see how this plays out. Remember to try some things in your box as well. This is the time to try new things. So Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, two guys who were huge breakouts last year, they were both going to regress. I just don't think they're going to regress that much. They're great talents. I'm going to trust it to play out that way. 
Javante Williams goes out after that. I love Javante, was considering him briefly there. But again, I like this RV tier to come back around to me. Or at the very least, I'll play the game. You know, again, take your chances. Aaron Jones is the pick there to pair with Justin Jefferson. Should see a lot of passing volume. I really do like Aaron Jones this year. I I, I, I think A.J. Dillon's going to play a pretty promising role. So I don't know how high Aaron Jones' upside is. But you're not really worried about that. He might be your RB1, but you're taking him off the board right now as your what? RB10, RB11. I think he's pretty safe to finish there with his passing volume. Kyle Pitts off the board at 210. Dynamic talent. I'm a little bit worried of how bad I expect Marcus Mariota and the Falcons to be. I don't know if the touchdown regression is going to be as strong as people think. But he's a talent. He's, he's, he is who he is. He's a superstar. So I, I don't hate it at all. Nick Chubb after that. Alvin Kamara, again, who 212 could be a real steal. Josh Allen. Uh, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, James Conner, Mike Evans. Shame Mike Evans didn't come back to me. I could have had a crazy trio there. But I still could. I still could. Now, this is tough for me. This is this is tough because these wide receivers, I love them. I love Keenan Allen. I would love to take Keenan Allen here. I'd love to even take George Kittle here. But I'm going to take a running back that I love. And this is where you have to play the game of he's not going to make it back to me. So maybe in the eyes of ADP, this could be a small reach, but I don't think it is. And I'm going to take – this is tough. Because now, now I'm tilting with two, two names. Full disclosure, it's Brees Hall and Travis Etienne, two guys I've talked up quite a lot. I'm going to take the guy attached to Trevor Lawrence. I think the Jags will have a decent offense. I think the Jets will have a decent offense. No, I'm going to tilt. I'll explain it right now. I'm going to take Brees Hall, and that's because I think Brees Hall is a better player than – than Travis Etienne. They're both similar situations. I think neither are worried about James Robinson or Michael Carter. I think they're both going to be great in bell cow roles, and I'm going to take the guy I just think is a better player. No problem with either. I think they're both fantastic. And great values in the third. It's exactly the type of players I like targeting if I go wide receiver early. After that goes Zeke. After that goes Leonard Fournette, then Cam Akers, Keenan Allen, and then we have Action Harden on the clock. This team with Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs is looking for his third player. Again, has the turn coming up. I'm going to I'll bring this up now because we saw our first quarterback go off the board at 3-1. Josh Allen. I can't bring myself to take him. He will be a he'll be close to the QB1. He is my QB1. He's fantastic. But you're sacrificing Alvin Kamara. You're sacrificing T. Higgins, AJ Brown, Mike Evans, Brees Hall. I would, I would take all those names over Josh Allen, who this year more than ever, I love how deep quarterback is. I love these quarterbacks up here, but there's no world I can take them. So now we have a call pace go through. Terry McLaurin off for accident, completing a trio of wide receivers there. Sean taking Jalen Waddle and Michael Pittman. I, I, I cannot emphasize how much I love that start of Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman. Fantastic. I love the balance there. That is good upside and big playability with Jalen Waddle combined with the balance that Michael Pittman should offer. Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift, I view them as great. Uh, Swift is a great player, PPR. Saquon having higher upside despite being in the Giants offense, being a bell cow, great talent. Really love that start. And I'm not blowing smoke up here because I, I honestly love it. 
And there goes Travis Etienne, who I'm sure actually took just to spite me. Love you, buddy. But uh, that's cool. That's cool. So now I'm looking here. And there's, a, again, a lot of receivers I like. And we're kind of in that RB dead zone. We're at the Josh Jacobs. We're at the Antonio Gibsons, the J.K. Dobbins. I'm not a huge fan. I like Dobbins. I have no problem taking Dobbins here. But there's receivers I just like who I think will put up more points on a points-per-game basis. This is also a three-wide receiver format. I'm starting three every week, in addition to the flex that I could play four. So there's a benefit to taking receivers if you think they're going uh, to be better than the next one. Now, it is tough for me not to take a guy like George Kittle who will definitely not make it back to me, but I'm going to punch tight end this time because I really like DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a great talent to me who, as my wide receiver three, who finally has a quarterback, I love doing that. I love that pick. And it's possible I just sniped that from, from my guy Pete, who I know is a big fan as well. He shoots me a text, and he says, I swear to God, if you take him. And sure enough, it was DJ Moore. I, 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 I Listen, if that's not one of the best parts about fantasy is sniping your friends, I don't know what is. But the draft keeps going here. George Kittle went right after my pick again. I think that's a great value. George Kittle in the mid to back fourth. It's fallen too far as far as I know. Gibson after that. I'm scared of Gibson, especially pairing him with a guy like James Conner, who, you know, has some volatility to him. No problem with Conner, but it's a little bit scary of a start for me. If I were you, Pete, love you, buddy, again. But <laughs> I'm going to keep on saying that. Dobbins after that. Darren Waller, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy is your first wide receiver four to team one. I don't hate that at all. DK Metcalf at the 5-2, Joe Burrow, uh, Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams. That is upsetting to see Mike Williams go off the board here. But this is why I am fine waiting on running back. This is why. Because I still like a lot of names here. I'm fine with a lot of these guys as my RB2. And honestly, I still might wait. I'm going to talk this through. Because if anything, I'm trying to help everyone else. We got rapid fire going, so I'll try to be quick. AJ Dillon. First, Allen Robinson for me here. I love both those guys. I, I don't mind it. Elijah Mitchell as an option here, too. Cool. Allen Robinson is going to be a very great, a very good player. I'm not worried about Van Jefferson. Allen Robinson is going to have August to himself. A.J. Dillon has a capped upside, but a very decent floor in this strong offense, good rushing upside. This is where I'm going to take A.J. Dillon, a guy that I think has a little bit more of a safety, a little safer than people think. and. Aaron Jones has missed four games or so. Feels like every year for the past couple. So AJ Dillon has RB1 upside entirely if Aaron Jones missed time. And I think he's a very good pairing as my RB2, as I couldn't tell right now. But I imagine that's around RB22 off the board, RB20 off the board. I like that value. Allen Robinson, a smash pick for Axton, I imagine, at 5'11". Fantastic pick there. I love it. Then we got Amon Ra going off the board after that. In between, of course, was Lamar, Amari Cooper, Marquise Brown, Chris Godwin. Axon took Allen Robinson. Sean took Amon Ra and Dalton Schultz, continuing that strong start. Don't I, I'm going to do my projections for Dallas shortly. Dalton Schultz feels like he's in for a lot of volume. For a team like that, great setup so far. I love it. I want to go back and talk about Slick Venom, someone, I again, I've talked to a lot recently. I don't take quarterbacks when I take tight end early, and here's why. Both, the quarterback is so deep this year, and you're only playing one of those guys a week. So if you're going to play, all of a sudden, 
the running backs and wide receivers are going to dry up. Quarterback will stay deep. Investing the fifth instead of taking a guy like Mike Williams, Colin Sutton, and A.J. Dillon, I feel like something that hurts your depth, whereas you can still get a good quarterback later. Thirty court, I believe it's 35 different quarterbacks last year had a quarterback one finish. That's just emphasizing how, how deep it really is. Now I'm coming up on the clock. Interesting names here. Somewhat regretting my last pick of not taking Allen Robinson because I, I, I do like Miles Sanders, and I have no problem taking Miles Sanders here as my RB2 if I needed to. But because I took AJ Dillon, I'm afforded some flexibility. I'm going to take Darnell Mooney, a guy that I think has very high upside that we're not talking about. I think there is one. He can see 150 targets. That's real. And you're drafting him as my, I'm drafting him as, as my wide receiver four. That's upside I like swinging on. Jalen Hurts at the 6'8". P comes around, takes Juju, kind of balancing out the, the 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 lineup there with someone who I perceive to be a little bit safer. I think Juju is a good. I'm, I'm wearing the I'm wearing the jersey. I think Juju is a good value this year. Ken Walker at the 6'10", Mike Thomas at 6'11", Miles Sanders 6'12", T.J. Hawkinson 7'1", Hopkins 7'2", too early for me. Elijah Moore 7'3", is a great value that I would have really I was really debating between with Darnell Mooney. Was hoping to come back. Love that pick, Slick Fennel. Um, and Ken Walker is an interesting name. It's six tens, a little bit rich. I'm a little bit hands off of how whew, the Seahawks are going to be a bad team, man. I just try to avoid those situations, especially a running back, especially when I don't know if they're going to catch the ball. I'm not going to project Ken Walker to do so. Drake London as the wide receiver four for Pete. I think it's a good upside pick. I like that a lot. I think it's a very low risk at the, in the seventh round. Again, I worry about this Falcons offense, the same reasons I mentioned with Seattle. But Drake London will walk into a week one job. I'm not a huge fan of his, but if, if someone's going to do it, he can do it in that type of opportunity. Cool. Now while I'm on the clock here, I have four wide receivers, two running backs, no, 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 nothing else besides that. I'm still not looking at quarterback because it's such a deep position. Again, I'm going to touch on that this entire time. Rashad Bateman is a real interesting pick here. I really do like him, but I'm going to, I'm going to swing for the fences. I'm going to swing for the fences. I'm going to take Traylon Burks. And this is a real roster construction move of a guy that I love. I loved him coming in. If you follow the show, he was my wide receiver one. He was my 102 in rookie drafts. He is a wide receiver five here with league winning upside, considering the talent he has after the catch. We, we've seen what rookie wide receivers can do in recent years. More and more, that's become the expectations, the immediate impact, as opposed to a third-year breakout. Traylon Burks can do that, and he has he he will be the wide receiver one or two come week one. I'm not worried about Nikhil Westbrook-Akeem. Rashad Bateman at 7'7 is a great pick as well. Damian Harris, 7'8". Dallas Goddard, Kareem Hunt, Dawson Knox. Interesting pick by accident there. I don't hate it at all. Kind of, we're, we're nearing the end of the tier of tight ends. So I, I, I definitely get that. I like that. Grab your guy. Go for it. Um, Hunter Renfro after that. Devin Singletary. And of course, this is a mock. But I'm going to point this out as well as another draft strategy. Draft tidbit. Accident taking Dawson Knox there. I, I don't mean to pick on accident. I, he, knows, he knows I love it. You, you have to look at the turn sometimes. Dalton Schultz went at the pick before. If this was a real draft, the odds that Sean takes two tight ends, very low. So you can pivot. You can wait and take Dawson Knox on the turn 
And then maybe if Axton was if Axton wanted Hunter Renfro, you wanted him in single turn, he wouldn't have missed out on him. Now, speaking of missing out, I am completely heartbroken that teammate has taken Chase Evans. I was really hoping he would come back around to me as my favorite RB3 target. So that's 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 a little bit upset, upsetting. But I'm not going to tilt. I'm not going to tilt and just take the next best running back because I was planning on taking running back Chase Edmonds. In fact, this is a huge teardrop to me. So I'm going to wait. I'm not going to panic. I'm going to take value. I'm going to take the guys I think are going to have good years. For me, there's a huge positional advantage right now with Zach Ertz. I'm going to take Zach Ertz as the last tight end kind of that users have to take here. I think, uh, what's it called? I, th- I think Pete might have been looking at Zach Ertz potentially taking him, given that there is a real drop in talent in tight end. I think for me, at least, Zach Ertz afterwards. So I want to take him, secure that. Chris Ola- or Devonta Smith after Zach Ertz, Brandon Ayuk, who again, I, I'm, I'm liking these mid to late picks, Pete. I, I, I like that upside that Brandon Ayuk has, the rapport he has with Trey Lance. Chris Olave to Slick Venom as the wide receiver three. An interesting upside pick. Maybe I, I, I like it. I think T. Higgins is safe. I think Elijah Moore is safer than people think. And Chris Olave has good upside to have as a wide receiver three in the back of the eighth round. Dak Prescott after that, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, Garrett Wilson. Then we have Jameson Williams. An interesting pick. We're going young here, I see with Slick Venom. Going, we got two rookies on that team. It's not for me personally, Jameson Williams, just because I think we're going to have to wait at least four to six weeks to see him back on the field. And even then, he's attached to a somewhat busy Detroit offense. You have DeAndre Swift, you have Hawkinson, you have Amon Ra. Where James Williams is a great player who will get his. I just think it'll be very hard to predict in redraft. He's a better best ball target, I think, for me. But now I'm looking at this, and everyone might be saying, wow. Actually, I'll, I'll hold off talking about quarterbacks. I'm still not going to take one here, and I'll tell you why in a second. I have to make my pick here. I am going to take a running back here because I think Ramondre Stevenson has a real role. And I, I have right now, I just sat out the Patriots. I have it about a 60-40 split in favor of Damian Harris. Ramondre Stevenson is going to be amazing if Damian Harris went down. And I think he has a real standalone value if he doesn't. So I, I like him a lot as an RB3. It's a good target. And this is why, obviously, this is CPU. Normally, Quarterbacks don't go off the board like this, where we have two quarterbacks off the board of certain teams. But even if you didn't, you would have, let, let, let's say every team took a, one quarterback, which let, let's just line that up as if the CPU didn't screw us a little bit, right? You would have, even now with extra quarterbacks off the board, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Trey Lance, Derek Carr, all guys that will be amazing streaming candidates. And then if, again, if the CPU didn't screw us, we probably have one or two of Tom Brady, of Matt Stafford, of Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. All those guys will be available in your drafts when people, actual people are drafting and you only have one quarterback off the board. I, I, I think quarterback has to be a position you wait on this year, barring a huge slide in value. Christian Kirk going off the board right before me. A little bit upsetting. I've talked him up as a good sleeper candidate, but now, now I'm gonna take <laughs> I'm gonna take my quarterback because I do think that there is a huge there is a bit of a tear break between Trey Lance and the rest. And I also have to factor in that the CPU might just randomly screw me. I'm not, I'm not gonna play the CPU's game. I'm gonna take Trey Lance here, a guy that will be running the ball 
nine to ten times a game with goal line upside. I think he's going to have a lot of goal line carries. Imagine Cam Newton. I think that's what you're going to get from Trey Lance. A little bit, even it may, maybe not, uh, maybe not prime Cam Newton, but I think he'll get something out of him. Russell Gage goes off the board after that. We have interesting, interesting names left, where no one is locked into anything, and I really like how my team shaped up. I'm fine having three running backs at this point in a league where I'm starting three wide receivers. I have five wide receivers I can play. I have my tight end. I have my quarterback. I have a decent core of running backs who I think are safe compared to the strength that my wide receiver core bring in, as well as Zach Ertz, who I think is a pretty good volume play at tight end, who was very good last year. Looking like we might have an auto draft from our guy Pete here. Ten seconds left. Whew, very upsetting. I'm sure he's crushed. I do love this guy. So, time's up for him. CPU decides. He gets Sky Moore doubling up on the KC situation. Good offense to double up on. I'm sure it's not exactly what Pete wanted, but Cole Komet off the board. Slick Venom, love him. Going two tight ends, that's exactly why I try to avoid Kyle Pitts because I like Kyle Pitts, but Cole Komet in the 10th, man, that's that's stellar value. In non-premium, I try not to roster two tight ends, but I, I love the value that Cole Komet brings to the back of the 10th as a potential number one option. Damian Pierce after that, Kadarius Tony at 10-12, rounds out the 10th. Isaiah Spiller, Hunter Henry, Rashad White. That's a shame Rashad White didn't come back to me. James Robinson, Tyler Boyd. I'm sitting here, 30 seconds to go. Whew. Interesting names left. It's it's a tough one, and this is another reason why I was fine waiting on quarterbacks. Because there's still quarterbacks I, I would have liked to take here. So, at this late in drafts, I go best available. I go best available slash who has upside. Who do I want that I could see myself dropping? pretty closely if they don't show out for me based on my roster as well where i'm a little bit lighter at running back instead of taking a limited upside guy in you know in a uh what's it called in a jarvis landry kind of limited upside i'm gonna take tyler algier who could easily lead the falcons in carries i anyone who followed me knows i love tyler algier i love taking that shot as my rb4 in the 11th to be the number one for a team that while the offense will not be good it's a volume play this late in drafts. I think he's a good player that can be efficient with his touches. After my pick, when Albert O, then Christian Watson, Alexander Madison, Jarvis Landry, actually taking the kicker off the board with Justin Tucker. Can't deny the positional advantage there. Tua going off the board, taking that second quarterback. And if you are going to take two tight end or two quarterbacks, this is where I do it. I take dual shots late at really high upside guys. I think Kirk Cousins has high upside that we're not talking about and also you can play him you you can sit and wait and see what you got into it who also has crazy upside with Tyree Hill, Mike Yusecki you know obviously Jalen Waddle I th- I th- that's the pair I like I'm not in love with doubling up a tight end instead of taking another wide receiver or another running back I'm not a huge fan of that but I can understand it because again these are positions that if you are going to take shots I like to shotgun it later Devonta Parker after that, Jahan Dotson, Naeem Hines, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Michael Gallup, and Rondell Moore. Coming up with me here, lots of names I'm looking at. And we're starting to get to that, that we're going to have a real kicker defense run coming soon. I'm deciding between, I talk it out, right? So Daryl Henderson, for the same reasons of I mentioned with my concerns with Cam Akers before, I do think Daryl Henderson could have a role. And then I'm looking at Kenny Galladay and Jacoby Myers. 
total opposites of upside of Kenny Galladay. Could be the one for offense. Probably will be. Will it matter? I don't know. Jacob Myers could be the one with limited upside but a higher floor. I don't like tacking floor here. But full PPR, I'm going to lean Jacoby Myers. I think Mac Jones is an infinitely better quarterback than Daniel Jones. So I'm going to just take the guy attached to a better system. I'll, I'll take that chance here. As my wide receiver for six, I don't I don't mind at all, especially if I have to wait with guys like Traylon Burks or even Darnell Mooney if that offense starts a little bit slower than I hoped. Irv Smith goes off the board right there. Irv Smith, who did also break his thumb, still expect to be okay for the opener, but a little bit scary. Uh, David Njoku to Pete there. I am hands-off Njoku because I think we're going to have – you're going to have to hold him until Watson comes back to me. I don't think Brissett's going to support anybody. And if that's the case, I don't want guys I can hold you know, in the 12th round because you'll end up cutting Njoku. That's kind of how what I think will happen this year. But again, if he's your only tight end you're taking, take a shot. Well, you, know, you have nothing to lose at that point. So you wait late enough, and I, I, I don't hate the upside. George Pickens continuing the rookie trend with Slick Venom over there. We got one, two, three, four rookies. Four rookies with George Pickens. And I, I listen, George Pickens will be the wide receiver three for them. I don't know how valuable it will be. I think it will be until next year when we see him take off. But he's a great talent. I do love him. What Sean Watson after that, Daryl Henderson, Justin Fields, Marlon Mack, the RB1 for the Texans as of now. Matt Ryan, Tyler Higby, Kenny Galladay. Shame Galladay couldn't get back to me as I talked about before. But I'm sitting here in the 13th round. Four picks to go. Oof. Lots of names. Nothing I'm really in love with. But let's let's just uh let's 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 pull let's take some inspiration from Axon. I'll take my kicker. I'll take hot shot Evan McPherson. Guy was you know, attached to a good offense, had a lot of red zone success this year. Maybe it bounces out. Maybe it becomes a little bit more of a kicking frenzy. McPherson could not miss last year. Hopefully that stays. We have a defensive run with the CPU going with Baltimore Ravens, the Bills, Noah Fant going off the board, the Saints defense. And then Axon comes up, takes Gerald Everett. Sean crushes my heart, or maybe he's just been following me that much, and takes KJ Osborne. That is a rude pick. And honestly, I should have taken him before I taken a, uh, took a kicker. So that's on me, but Sean's teaching me the lessons, and you learn those in mock drafts. That's how you know more than anywhere else. That, that's okay, Sean. You know what? I, I, I still love you. I still love the draft that you got going. I'm just happy for you, even if I'm not happy for me. Rams defense after that, Tampa Bay, Bucks to Axton. We have J.D. McKissick, then a string of kickers in Bucker, Matt Gay, and Nick Folk. So at least some, some solace that I would have missed out on my top tier of kickers. Although I could have still got a guy like Tyler Bass. Bass. Okay, so I have a defense to take. I'm not going to take it yet, but I am running up. I have to use one of my last three picks on him. For now, I'm going to take a guy that's being rumored to be, you know, to have a bigger role. I don't. I, I still like Miles Sanders, but Kenny Gainwell is a great target in the 14th round. You see what you have. I love Gainwell as a talent. I don't know the role he'll have, but if he has one, I could have a decent running back in the 14th round. A guy that has a decent ceiling as well because I don't, you know, Miles Sanders not giving anything. Miles Sanders has missed a lot of time. Gamble's a nice little target in the 14th round for especially zero RB rosters. After the, that went the LA Chargers, then Baker Mayfield to Pete as his first quarterback off the board. Another example of waiting because Baker Mayfield will be fine for fantasy. And if he's not, you drop him, you pick up someone else. 
I couldn't imagine taking him over Trevor Lawrence, Pete, but you do you. You do you. This is the exact situation where I would be fine taking Trevor Lawrence if I was Pete, just because I like to pair it. But uh, after after Baker went Alec Pierce, uh, then Tyler Bass, DJ Chark, Daniel Carlson, the 49ers defense, the Eagles defense now off the board. Pete on the board here. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is the pick if I were you, man. But uh, you could take your defense. He still has to take a defense. This is either his last pick that is not defense or he's going to take – oh, right, he hasn't taken kicker. So he's going to take Matt Prater, line up a big leg with a good offense, and not a bad move. Mark Ingram off the board after that. So now I'm looking at this here, and I am upset because there are two people I want to draft, and I only have one pick left because the other one should be a defense. Now, I'm not going to take Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is the right pick. I love Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good, very good player this year that should be should have been taken by now. But I... I'm not gonna. I'm gonna play Trey Lance. And if not, I'm gonna pick up another quarterback and restream him. And all these other quarterbacks that I've been taking, half of them are gonna be on the wire next week because nobody's gonna roster two quarterbacks for long in one QB leagues. So I'm gonna take a guy I've talked to all offseason. I missed out on KJ Osborne. I'm gonna take my guy Paris Campbell, the real wide receiver two for the Colts. Great player. He's been dominating all offseason. I think it'll continue this year, and I think it will happen. Julio Jones is a very interesting pick there by CPU. Probably a great value, good upside play in the 15th. Uh, GDP also off the board. Tyrion Davis-Price, that is. Van Jefferson, Trevor Lawrence, who, again, love the CPU making that pick there. Again, don't, you know, their second quarterback because you know you're going to bench Patrick Mahomes at some point, right? But Jalen Tolbert, a guy with real starting upside uh, in week one. In fact, I'd predict it as such. I don't think Michael Gallup's going to be ready. Axon takes there in the 15th round, a great upside rookie pick. And again, it's a player you know what you have immediately. You can cut him if you're wrong. It's easy. Cut bait. And if not, you have the wide receiver too for the Cowboys. It could be a really good play. I love that pick. Khalil Herbert off after that. Good upside compared to what I mentioned before. Again, you see what you have. Maybe he has a role week one. Maybe he doesn't. Either way, you cut bait. Jason Sanders after that. Daryl Williams. Young Hoku. Or Young Waku. What's wrong with me? Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Tim Patrick, teammate did not get the sad memo. Nicole Hardman after that. Now I will take my defense. Let's go with the Patriots, who always have a good unit. Normally, I, it's a mock, so I haven't, I'm, I'm not staring at it right now. I play this off week one only. Week one, I play my matchup. If I can play week two, great. But if it's a bad matchup, I cut, I streak. Rinse, repeat with stuff like that. And just because I don't like the Patriots, I'll take the Broncos because the Broncos are going to have a great defense too. And speaking of the Broncos, Braddock Manus goes off the board for that. Pete, with his final pick of this draft, has to take a defense in terms of that. Normally as well, if your league allows you to not take a kicker, don't take a kicker. Take another positional player, wait the extra week or two, see what you get. And that'll round out the draft with Robbie Gould going off the board, Reem Mostert and New England Patriots defense. Remos are a very interesting grab late as well. You see what you have. He could be a real big play threat for Miami. But that will be this mock. Thank you to everyone who stuck with this as well. I'm going to run through my team real quick. Trey Lance, Brees Hall, A.J. Dillon, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, D.J. Moore, Zach Ertz, Darnell Mooney, Evan McPherson, 
Broncos defense. That's my starting lineup. On the bench, I have Traylon Burks, Romandre Stevenson, Tyler Algier, Jacoby Myers, Kenneth Gainwell, and Paris Campbell. Again, a guy like Paris Campbell, if he has a role, you see it immediately. If not, you cut bait. That is exciting enough. That is the mock. That is our show. Please let me know how I did in the comments below, especially if you're watching on YouTube. Give it a follow. This is a bit of a longer show because of the mock. I hope you appreciate how in-depth this kind of was. I try to give as much as I can. I appreciate everyone who stepped in. Give for frequency's sake a follow at FFSQC on Twitter as well as YouTube. And, of course, IDP guys. Give IDP guys a look at IDP guys on Twitter, at IDP guys on YouTube. I'm very hard. So much hard work goes into that. A subscription means very little to you. It means the world to us. So definitely give it a look, especially with the work my guy Grant's been putting in there. Give him a shout out every week because I know he grinds. All right. So thank you ever for having a good night. Have a good night. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. We should still have a show next week, but I'm not actually sure. I might be on a plane to the expo. We'll play it by ear. Follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore underscore Scully to know whether it'll be a show next week. In fact, I assume so, but let's go. All right. That is the show. Enjoy the night. Have a good one. Stay safe.